The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? But do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Alrighty, Kat. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to hear that. We recorded yesterday. Yes, I know. Calm your tits. Yeah. Um, so. We found out that Maya is an animagus, and I figured out that she is a fox, so ha, suck it. It clicked. Yes. And they also found the mirror, the one that tells you what you deepest desire. And then, yes. And then she started to miss Harry Ron and I guess her previous life and everything. And then she kicked everybody's butt in potions. And then there was playing with the marauder's map and it talking about her booty and (laughs) then everybody's like well you smell like a dog so like what are you and then she's like well i guess you're just gonna have to wait (laughs) and scene yes so you did figure out it was a fox and i was so freaking proud like i'm so excited that you got that because I, I knew I knew you were going to yell at me because the first time we recorded that episode, I was even like, and to our top level, Fox level Patreons, and you were just kind of like, ding, 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 ding. and I was like, this is fine. This is fine. Okay. So, yes, that happened. That's a thing. I'm super excited about that. Um, let's see. What else is there to do? Um. All right, I guess we could, like, you know, dive into this story. Um, Actually, no, I did want to introduce. We are going to start doing, we're going to try and start being better about social media stuff. And so I asked Kat to use her brilliance to come up with different ideas. And she came up with an idea for Mondays. And what is it, Kat? We're going to do Muggle Mondays. Mm Mm-hmm. And what do we do on Muggle Mondays, Kat? Well, we're going to do... Several things. Yes. But we are going to start off with posting things that would make Arthur Weasley go, Muggle, please. And it's pretty much where you would post a picture or write something where you would be like, I think if Arthur Weasley saw this, he would go, Muggle, please. So some of the things I thought of is like a spork, because it's a spoon and a fork, and he would be like, what is the point of that? And then I also thought of pop sockets. Yeah, and I thought he would think pop sockets were kind of odd. Like, you have five fingers and, like, 
a thumb is one of those fingers. Why can't you just hold your dang phone? <laughs> so I things like that, like silly things that he might be like, muggle, please. So this is where we ask for fan input. If you have anything that you think Arthur Weasley would say, muggle, please, over, please feel free to send it our way and tell us why you think Arthur Weasley would think your item is so special. Yes, and we would like you to hashtag it with Muggle Please Monday or a shortened version of that if you can think of one because we're having troubles. <laughs> yeah, we're still working on the hashtag. The hashtag will come because Muggle Please Monday is a really long hashtag. Yeah. But I wonder if MPM would work. Muggle Please Monday, MPM. I feel like that's probably already used for something, but whatever. We're going to steal it. MPM fans. <sighs> And then, of course, tag us in your Instagrams so that we can see, is it? Or put it and on it, our Facebook page, whatever floats your boat. Exactly. And then, if we really like it, we may just post it on our Instagrams. I don't know why I said Instagrams. Because it's such some... a cute little baby. It's such a Fucking cute little you. baby. Fucking murder you. Cat, <laughs> are you ready to hop into Chapter 37? Yes. Alrighty then. Chapter 37. In Control. June 17th, 1975. Do you trust me? Maya asked him softly. The full moon was approaching that coming Monday, and Remus was already a little on edge. It didn't help that exams were also that week, and he was determined to ace every class in order to secure the Gryffindor Prefect badge for which he was hoping. Only Maya knew about his ambition to become a prefect. He confessed it to her late one night, while the two sat in the common room, flames flickering gently in the fireplace in front of them, while he lazily linked their fingers together with one hand, using his free one to draw soft circles on her shoulders. Aww. He told her that he felt the need to prove that he was a real wizard, because the world would never see him as one. She had frowned, and tried to ease his frustrations, as she was prone to do making him promises that one day he would be a great duelist, able to fight off all manner of dark wizards and even creatures like Dementors. Remus had chuckled at her vivid imagination and insisted that he would be happy to have a calm life after Hogwarts, with a job if he was lucky. Becoming a prefect and being one of the top students was his life goal, to show that being a werewolf did not make him any less knowledgeable in magic. He never told anyone else his worries like that, not even his parents. He trusted Maya with anything. Of course I trust you, Remus gave her a nervous smile, staring at the goblet in her hands as she held it out toward him. He peered into the viscous gray liquid, blue smoke wafted ominously off the top of the surface. Why are you smiling? Viscous. Viscous. He trusted her, especially with potions, but that did not rule out her having something devious up her sleeve, and Remus always liked to be prepared. Plus ominously wafting smoke. Then take it, she pleaded with him, and he raised a brow with a genuine expression on her face, every day for a week before the moon. Remus very, very nearly jumped away from the potion at the mention of the moon, suddenly much more nervous than before. It was one thing to maybe slip him a joke potion that turned his hair a different color. There was also the time when she dared the marauders to take a laugh-inducing potion in the, middle of a in the middle of transfiguration, and then placed bets on who would get detention first. Peter had. But to take a potion that she was hinting had something to do with the moon? 
Maya, I, I know you're good at potions, but Remus, please. He could actually see tears forming in the corners of her eyes, and the sight made his chest tighten. He really could not stand it when she cried. I know it's difficult for you to trust people when it comes to your lycanthropy. I know that you struggle in letting me help you. Remus scoffed. That was an understatement. He had barely allowed her back into the hospital wing since they had started dating at the beginning of the year. Even then, she had only healed him the once. But I want, I need you to do this for me. Please, take this potion. She was begging him now, and something about the way the word please fell off of her lips that sent a primal vibration through his chest. She held the goblet out to him again. This one tonight, and then again, every night until the moon. He closed his eyes and inhaled her scent to try and ground him. That scent used to send him into a frenzy, but now he was allowed to hold her hand, to brush the hair from her neck and breathe her in whenever he wanted. It calmed him. It also helped that her scent was no longer mingled with Sirius's, just his. Remus would certainly lie about it if she ever asked him, but when she hugged him tightly, he would rub his cheek against hers on instinct, scent-marking her as his own. I trust you, he said, reaching for the goblet. Her eyes brightened so much that his, her irises changed color from brown to a shade of amber that caught him completely by surprise. If he had not known her scent so well, he might have actually assumed someone had polyjuiced themselves as Maya, and the potion was wearing off. Just in case, he waited a few seconds, watching her intently. Her eyes returned to her usual chocolate color, and he sighed in relief. Thank you. She smiled sweetly and kissed his cheek. Remus nodded, shaking his head and blinking his eyes rapidly, wondering if he was seeing things. He brought the goblet to his lips, drinking it down in one large gulp figuring that if he got it over with quickly, he would have less of a chance to let the nerves get the better of him. The second the liquid fell into his mouth, though, he almost gagged on it. Forcing it down his throat, he grimaced, swallowed, and then turned to her as though she had just smacked him. He coughed, trying very hard not to vomit, and dropped the goblet, kicking it away from him. Ugh! I trusted you! That tasted like... like... But there was no comparison. Like licking the inside of the sorting hat? Maya offered. Remus's eyes widened, and he nodded. Well, sorry about that. You can't seem to make it any better. But you still have to take it. Ew. But you know what he's taking, Why take, would you right? want to lick? No. What had blue smoke wafting up from it last chapter? Maya went to the potions lab and she hung out with Damocles Belby, the guy who got the aconite. Oh, okay. And she made the comment about how Snape had left out a very important step in terms of cutting up stewed aconite sprigs as opposed to cutting up aconite sprigs and then stewing them. Yes, okay, yeah. I, I didn't catch that blue part. Like, for some reason, it's been saying that, like, we have a bad connection, so sometimes you do that thing. Mm -hmm. So that must have, like, yeah, because I don't remember blue smoke. But I oh, do remember gosh. that part, though. Okay. June 24th, 1975. Where's Maya? 
Remus yelled as he burst into the nearly empty Gryffindor common room. After waking up in the shrieking shack the following noon, Remus had made his way through the tunnel beneath the Wampum Willow at unheard of speeds, still slow and aching, but he was not limping, bleeding, or on the verge of blacking out. When Madame Pomfrey was not looking, he snatched three files of invigoration draft, draft, tossing them back as if they were shots of whiskey, fire whiskey, before he darted out of the infirmary and get, get, bleh, 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 fuck me, against the Meadow Witch's instructions. The students were leaving Hogwarts for the summer that morning, and he had originally planned to leave by port key late in the afternoon once he was feeling better. But this could not wait. Well, look at you, Mooney. Sirius grinned as he walked down the stairs, his broom slung over his shoulder. Everyone else in Gryffindor Tower had likely left early that morning, trunks all packed and ready to go. But James and Sirius had mentioned the day before that they were wanting to have one more fly around the pitch to celebrate another year of winning the Quidditch Cup though Gryffindor still lost the House Cup when James had lost 50 points after he had been caught gluing rat traps to the floor outside the Slytherin common room. Sirius set his broom down at the foot of the stairs next to his trunk, which had been covered by an assortment of stickers and logos of muggle bands that he had become obsessed with over the years. You're up and looking less like shit than you did last month. Hey, proms, he called up the stairs. Come check this out. Mooney doesn't look like he recently threw up. James rushed downstairs, broom in hand, robes hanging open loosely over his red and gold Quidditch jersey, wand tucked behind his ear. Wow, you look... James paused, tilting his head to the side as, if, as he stared. More healthy, less sane. What's got your tail in a twist? You've used that one before, Sirius muttered to James. Fine, James huffed. What's got your paw in a... Pickle? Sirius offered. Thank you, Mr. Padfoot, James smirked. You're very welcome, Mr. Prongs. Will you two idiots shut up? Remus growled. Where's Maya? Sirius stuck out his lower lip in a pout. Apparently morning Mooney is a bit is a prickish Mooney, Prongs. Indeed he is, Padfoot, James tutted, while shaking his head disapprovingly. Remus took in a slow, deep breath, not having the patience for their usual antics. Tell me where Maya is, he began slowly, or I'll go and tell Lily that you're the one who stole all of her books and wrote Mrs. James Potter in them. Uh, and she writes in her notebook, Mrs. Aaron Samuels, and she has this tissue that you use. <laughs> James laughed mockingly, lifting up the sleeve of lifting up the sleeve of his robe with a proud grin. Nice try, mate. She already knows that. I've got the scar from her stinging hex to prove it. Remus growled and ran his head through his shaggy hair in frustration. Why are you two being so difficult? Not sure, James admitted casually. Might be your reactions, if I'm being honest. I'm feeling very provoked into the need to fuck with your head a little right now. He chuckled, and Sirius joined in. <laughs> oh my god, I love that answer. That's funny. Also, I'm drinking wine while we record, so this will get more fun. Not that it's always, not that it's not always fun, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tired Remus of people clarifying their words. It's fine. 
Remus turned and snarled at them, actually feeling it when his eyes flashed gold. They immediately stopped laughing, though neither looked actually frightened. Four years of watching Remus fold his socks had left his friends left than, less than intimidated by him. Okay, okay, James conceded. Why do you need to see my sister? She's been feeding me a potion all week, James admitted, or sorry, Remus admitted, trying to calm himself down. What potion? Sirius asked. Remus sighed. I'm not sure. She didn't tell me what it was called. You took a potion from your girlfriend without finding out what it's called? Sirius gaped at him. Remus refused to make eye contact. I know, I know. Better yet, I would say. Better yet, you took a potion from Maya without finding out anything about it? James asked, looking horrified. Growling werewolf? No problem. Potentially poisonous sister? Everyone on alert. You do remember the great rainbow explosion of 1974. Or the laugh-inducing potion she dared us to drink, Sirius chimed in. Or the exploding potion she flushed down the second floor girl's bathroom? Pretty sure that was us, mate, Sirius said thoughtfully. Oh yeah, James nodded with a nostalgic smile. But what about the babbling beverage she slipped to Peter last spring? He's still not allowed within ten feet of the Hufflepuff table. Or the prefect's bathroom, Sirius continued. Remember when MacDonald punched him in the face? Knocked out one of his teeth, Sirius laughed at the memory. Remember when we told him that we could fix it with the sticking charm prongs? Put it in backwards, the two of them laughed. Or, sorry, put, we put it in backwards, the two said at the same time, leaning on one another as they burst into laughter. Hey, Luna shouted. Can we reminisce about Peter's min miseries later? The bloody potion she gave me. It kept me there. Sirius blinked, confused. Kept you where? Kept me, Remus sighed and collapsed onto the large sofa. He could smell her scent all over it. It kept me present. I was there, in control, for the most part. I don't understand, James said, as he moved over and took a seat next to him. Sirius leant against the empty fireplace, arms crossed over his chest, one foot crossed over the other. When I transform, I become the wolf, Remus explained. The wolf takes over completely. I'm still there, but it's like watching from behind the scenes while someone else takes control of my body. I barely remember anything each month because it's like I'm not even really present. But last night, I was there. He looked up at his friends, who both stared at him with wide, interested eyes. Last night was... Remus's voice trailed away as he remembered. He had been taken out to the Whomping Willow, as usual, and turned back to see Maya smiling at him from the doorway of the castle, a hopeful look in her eye that made him feel genuinely nervous. She hadn't told him any more about the potion the rest of the week, but still forced him to drink the nasty stuff each day leading up to the full moon, including that night. Slipping beneath the willow, Remus made the stressful walk up to the shrieking shack. Once there, he fell into his usual routine of undressing and taking in slow, deep breaths as the moon began to rise. His skin had itched badly, and it felt like he needed to scratch it all the way down to the bones. A heat washed over his body, and he could feel the blood pumping through his veins, throbbing as it flooded his head, toppling into the ground where his knees buckled and the shift began to take place. Pain. Always pain. Excruciating pain. As his bones shifted, elongating until some of them broke, only to heal themselves back in place moments later. 
His muscles tore, adjusted, and repaired themselves, and the skin of his back split open to accommodate the shape of his secondary form. Fur, both soft and coarse, pushed its way through his skin, and his face elongated into a snout at the same time as his hands fell to the ground heavily, shifting into large pods. Cat is so squicked out right now. Oh my god. Oh! That's like... That makes me feel like when people put nails on the chalkboard and do the uh thing, like, ah, oh, uh, oh, I just showered, but I feel like, oh, God, ah, uh, oh, Jesus. That was fun. Oh, my God. That's like in the like the movies or like the criminal shows where they like snap somebody's neck and I'm just like no because the sound just bothers me like ugh man ugh and you're like five years old Jesus four when it started oh god normally the wolf would have taken over searching for a way out Searching for something to kill, something to tear at, and, lately, something to claim, to take, to fuck. Of course, trapped in the Shrieking Shack, there was nothing and no one, at which point the wolf would usually turn his frustrations on himself. It had been horrifying over the years to watch from behind the eyes of the creature as its desires changed. It had been one of the reasons Remus insisted on not getting too physical with Maya. He worried that one day the wolf would take over completely, and there would be nothing Remus could do to stop him from hurting her. But last night, the wolf was in the back, and Remus was at the front. He had sat there in the shack, smelling the air and looking around, waiting for the wolf to begin tearing at his own flesh angrily when attempts to escape failed, but nothing happened. He had stood up on his hind legs, stretched to look through the cracks of the board of that window where he gazed up at the full moon, that still called to him, but did not dominate him. I was fully in control, Remus admitted quietly, reverently. I mean, I transformed in everything like normal, but it was like I could see with my own eyes and move willingly. Merlin, James whispered, shocked by the revelation. And Maya? I need to know where she is, Prongs, Remus said, looking up at his friends desperately. She left early with Evans for the train, James answered immediately. We stuck around to wait for you. Well, I'm here now, Remus leapt from the sofa and made for the portrait hole quickly. Let's go! Now, right about now, I think we can all think about how sweet and wonderful Remus is and how great Maya is. And I feel like all of us need a little Remus in our lives, right, Kat? Right. You know what helps bring Remus to life? <laughs> I'm I know. not talking about fire whiskey and honey dildos. Yes, I know. Candles. Candles. Especially candles that smell like Remus Lupin. We have gotten, we recently just got a review on the Facebook page about Starcross Sundries and oh my lanta, glowing, talking about how all of the scents were great, but this person needed Remus in every room. And I mean, like, who doesn't? But, yes, Starcross Sundries has produced a line of Dead of Time-specific candles, as well as other fun scents. 
and you can get a candle that smells just like Remus. A little foresty, a little wild. You can get Sirius's motorbike that smells a little leathery and hot. You can get Charles, who smells like a good old dad, and Daria, who smells like a nice fruity sort of posh mom. Cat, are you still burning your lily? Yes, I am still burning lily. I've got my Maya right here. And she smells so good. Oh, it's like crisp and fruity and fresh and delicious. And Star Starcross Sundries is currently running a Fire Whiskey and Honey exclusive. Our code is Fire Whiskers. But yes, if you want to get a discount off your first order, you go ahead and use the phrase, or sorry, the password, discount code, whatever the fuck it's called, discount code, there it is, but that discount code is going to be Fire Whiskers, and it is 100% worth it, I actually invested my own money in buying more of them, because I just, I need them, I need them in my life, they're delicious, and scrummy, and just and so And not good. to mention... That you can get a woodwick, which I have never seen before or heard of. I didn't even know you could do that. And it sounds like a campfire. It does sound like a little campfire. Even though I don't have one of those, that's what you people tell me. <laughs> we will get you your own mini campfire. I have so many candles. Like, I need to wait until some of these die down. Like, I, I'm good on the candles for right now. Like, it, it's insane how many freaking candles I have. So Kat's getting a woodwick, and it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you've already read Dead of Time, go ahead and read the descriptors, because each candle is actually based on a excerpt from a chapter. And some of them are a little ahead, so for those of you who have read the series already, You Are the Song, Can You Swim, and Strawberry Ice Cream all come into play. And again, they've all got rave reviews. Cannot wait to get more for me because I'm just going to burn them all day long. Oh, and, and you also have to tell them and remind them because I like this, that they are soy and they burn clean. So it's good for your lungs. Yes, yes, that is entirely true. And this is founded, owned, produced, all that good stuff by one of our own fans and we love them so much and we're so glad to have them as a partner now in our podcast it's wonderful and speaking of cat's candle we're gonna head back to dead of time and start with lily what kind of transition was that Oh, uh, okay. The I was first like, word of the next part is Lily. Okay, I just noticed that. I was like, "What? What about my candle? Is that a euphemism? Like, what? What? Do I light your candle? No. Wow. wow. Oh, that's true. <laughs> drink more wine to down my depression, since I don't do it for you. Well, Ooh, that was a face. Are, are you? We're not recording this episode. Well. Visually. Well, first off, you're the wrong color. You're not tall enough. And you're also lacking a few parts. Appendages? Yes. Yes, yes. Got some things you don't want and don't got the things you do want. Exactly. Because I know how nasty we are and no, no, no. 
<laughs> Lily helped some of the first years with their luggage, purposely trying to get the attention of the current prefects and head boy and girl, as though their opinions mattered on who would become prefects the following year. Maya, meanwhile, turned her gaze over to the horizon uh over the horizon at the castle in the distance, worrying her lip between her teeth as she nervously thought of Remus, praying to Merlin she had not botched the potion. She was terrified something had gone wrong, and he would be furious with her for tampering with something so sensitive. Trying to distract her thoughts, Maya helped the second-year Hufflepuff trying to wrangle his owl, owl back into its cage. Maya, I thought you said Remus wasn't feeling well today, Lily asked. What? Maya blinked, looked up at Lily. He's not well. He was in the hospital wing last I heard. Maya pointed behind me at Maya. Ooh. Oh, ha! See, I'm not the only one. Ha ha ha. Lily pointed behind Maya. Well, he doesn't look very sick. He's running toward us. What? Maya gasped and turned quickly. Lily was right. Remus was at a full sprint, James and Sirius trailing behind, unable to keep up with him, despite it being just hours post-moon. Maya's eyes widened at the sight of him looking so good, and she wondered what the hell she had done to the potion to get these results. Wolfsbane had never done anything like this to future Remus, at least not that she knew of. He continued to rush forward, his eyes fixed on her, and Maya swallowed nervously as he closed the distance between them, panting, with sweat on his brow. He must have run the whole way down from the castle. She worried that he would yell at her, call her a know-it-all, or tell her to mind her own business from now on. She was terrified that he would say he would, could no longer trust her, break her heart, and tell her how dare she stick her nose in where it didn't belong. Remus, I can explain, she began to say, but he swallowed the rest of her sentence as he crushed her, his mouth over hers, kissing her soundly. He had not waited patiently, silently requesting permission like Sirius had done. Remus took immediate advantage of the way her lips parted in a shocked gasp, and he invaded hungrily, moaning, growling against her lips, the sounds vibrating through her throat, tickling. Cold shivers quickly transformed into heated waves that traveled over her entire body. His kiss was like throwing a rock into the black lake, a deep plunge in the center, and then watching as the effects rippled outward, reaching the bank of sand and rocks the way his kiss reached all the way to her toes. At first, she could scarcely hear the whistles and cheers from the students surrounding them, but when her hearing finally returned to her, she blushed in realization of where they were. She gasped for the air, or she gasped for air the moment that Remus let her go, but he didn't move far, pressing his forehead against hers and gazing deep into her eyes. I love you, he said, before she got her breath back. Her heart swelled at the words, and she had to blink away the tears forming in her eyes to make sure it was really him standing in front of her. She reached her hands up and touched his stubborn cheeks, relishing the sudden feel of his hands buried in the thick of her hair. It really was Remus, and Remus had kissed her, and Remus loved her. You are brilliant and wonderful and absolutely perfect, little witch. Remus grinned brightly, his eyes flashing gold. And I love you. Her voice was shaky when she quietly asked. It worked? Remus laughed and kissed her again, this time less desperate and hungry. But she could feel his smile against her lips. 
She was not surprised at all and couldn't help but return his smile when she realized that he tasted like chocolate. She let out a laugh, and he picked her up into his arms and spun her around joyfully. <clears throat> Remus and Maya broke apart, red-faced, toward an approaching James. Took you long enough, Mooney, Sirius hollered from behind him. Lily, Remus turned and looked down at his friend with pleading eyes. I would never, under any other circumstance, ask this of you, but... Ugh, Lily frowned. You want me to distract Potter, don't you? Fine, but I can't guarantee he'll be returned with all present attachments. She wielded her wand for emphasis as she pushed her way between Remus and Maya to present herself in front of James, who almost missed her while he was staring down his sister and his friend. Potter, could... could you... Oh, God. Could you sit with me on the train? Lily's voice was tight, her words sounding like they were being pushed through clenched teeth. I'd really like you to explain Quidditch to me. Without prelude, James dropped to his knees, looking up at her with deep admiration. I knew it! I knew if I just kept at it, you'd realize how much you love me. Shut up, you great prat! I do not love you! Marry me, James implored, arms wide open as though he fully expected her to fall into them willingly. This day just gets better and better, Sirius noted aloud, a truly pleased look on his face. Lily turned and glared at Remus, who was already halfway onto the train, gripping Maya's hand tightly. They both offered Lily an apologetic smile, silently declaring that they owed her. She nodded in reply, presumably calculating the massive interest that was instantly accumulating on this favor for her friends. What? They had their first kiss. Yes. Like, nobody saw that coming. Okay, maybe I didn't, but I don't see anything coming, <laughs> but that's fine. But, like, it was cute as shit, right? Yes. Why do people say that? Like, what? crap is not cute. And See, shit, shit is such a versatile word, though. And you can't like, be hungry as hell, because hell is not hungry. So, like, it just never made any sense to me. But, like, shit's versatile. Because, like, shit is like, oh no, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. But it's also like, that's a pile of shit, which is like literal feces. But then also, I don't give a shit, which is like shit, but it's a care. Like, it, it translates into I don't care, I don't give a shit, I don't give a care. But then it's like, what the shit? Like, what's going on? And then there's, ah, shit. Like, oh, yeah. And then there's, that's cute as shit, which is like, that's cute as a button. Shit's a very versatile word. And that has been crap talk with Claire. <laughs> shit talk. Oh, shit talk with Claire. I like you. <clears throat> Remus <laughs> rushed down the center of the train, making his way back to the last compartment, generally reserved for the marauders. 
Though they did not have an actual stake of claim on the carriage, it was always empty after Sirius started a rumor that the boys had placed a pimple jinx on the compartment that would target anyone who entered it without Marauder's uh, permission. The couple entered and found Peter already sitting there. Hey, Remus, I didn't think you were going to be... Get out. Peter's eyes widened, and he responded quickly by standing up and moving to the door, keeping his eyes on Remus the entire time. Remus broke for a few minutes and sighed. Just give us a half hour, mate, he said, with a slightly softened tone. That's an it? An hour. An hour, Maya amended. Remus immediately reacted, grinning. An hour. Peter flushed red and turned quickly, closing the door behind him. An hour? The- That's it? An hour? the fuck do you think they're going to do in a train compartment? Anything they can. If you can do it in a car, why can't you do it in a train compartment? In a train compartment surrounded by classmates. Ew. Yeah, but don't they have the curtains? I mean, they do, but... Or some kind of, like, spell. Use your magic! Jesus. The moment he was gone, Remus turned swiftly, cupping Maya's cheek in his hand and bringing his lips down to hers, kissing her sweetly and gently, trying to communicate his gratitude without words. Her potion had kept him awake, alive, and in control for the first full moon since he was four years old. He had spent the night in silence, finding no need to howl or whimper. He had wanted to sleep but could not. He was finally able to experience his wolf form with purpose and control. It was there in the shack, bathed in the light of the moon, that Remus knew he had to kiss her, even if it was just the once. But kissing her was addictive. She made him feel like a wizard, a human, like a man. The wolf lingered still in the background of his mind, urging him to grip her harder, hold her tighter, closer, devour her. But Remus held back. <laughs> well, you more... can devour her, just not devour her. Wow, wow. But Remus held back. He was more than the wolf, and he had proven that to she had proven that to him. He did, however, whimper when she pulled away for a moment, but she smiled at his complaint and then aimed her wand at the door. Muffliato. Coloportis, she said, before drawing down the window. Ha! Ha! What did I say? What did I say? Shades and magic. Ha! Remus swallowed hard at both the silencing spell and the locking spell. Do you really think Lily can keep James distracted? Maya asked, her cheeks pink. He proposed marriage to her in front of at least 50 other students. I think she'll last maybe ten minutes, he admitted honestly. Telling Peter to take off for an hour had been highly optimistic and incredibly unrealistic. Well, like they say in Greece, you only really need fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> ten minutes, Maya nodded, and pressed her hands against his chest, letting the bench behind him buckle his knees forward until he was sitting, and she was pulled down with him, trapped tenderly in his arms, her legs draped over his, her feet kicked up on the edge of the seat. 
Remus grinned and leaned in, pressing a soft and significant kiss to her mouth. He placed gentle and sweet kisses along her jawline, trailing down to her pulse point where he hesitated, trying to fight off, but ultimately giving into the need to suck at her skin. He was tender, placing an open-mouthed kiss on her neck, letting his tongue linger on the skin, tasting her for the first time. He let out a deep growl and it rumbled in his chest, cats blushing. He then groaned as a mewling sound escaped her swollen, parted lips. His hands roamed up her back, holding her tighter to him as he traced her collarbone with his mouth, a voice in the back of his mind urging, Keep going. More. Hours. <laughs> Cat's eyes are so big. Oh, oh, she's chewing on the nails now. But that voice was drowned out when Maya leaned close, brushing her lips against the shell of his ear, whispering, I love you. He paused as the declaration hit him, and he vaguely recalled telling her the same thing just outside of the train right after he kissed her. Remus had not expected to say it out loud, but the words would not be contained. He certainly had not expected her to return the sentiment, and now that she had, he sat back looking at her in shock and awe, a part of him waiting for her to take it back and apologize immediately. She did not. She smiled at him and touched his face and looked into his eyes as though he were worth more than all of the gold she had at Gringotts. As a potter, he assumed she had a hell of a lot. She looked at him like he was worth a damn, like he was suddenly, somehow, miraculously worthy of her. He said nothing else but kissed her once more, chastely, and nuzzled his nose into the side of her neck, exhaling slowly to calm himself down. Are you okay? No. She whispered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Aw, cat. I need a hair tie. Uh, Getting hot? Yeah. <laughs> Remus smiled and pulled away from her to place a kiss on her brow. I don't think I've ever been more okay in my entire life, he replied, quietly stroking her cheek gently with his thumb. You tip everything upside down. I was never meant to have friends. You changed that. I was never supposed to be close to someone like this. This was never supposed to be properly conscious and in control under the moon. Or, it was never supposed to be, whatever. Uh, no one was ever supposed to. I love you, Remus. You are so very much supposed to be loved. He pressed his forehead against hers, gently, and closed his eyes, focusing on the moment and freezing it somewhere in the back of his memory so he could review it again during times of stress and sadness. You changed everything, Maya. He felt her stiffen at the words, and could hear her inhale sharply. Remus's eyes opened to look up at her, staring down at him, as though she were looking for something specific inside of him. What is it? What's wrong? She shook her head frantically, almost looking like she would cry at any moment. Maya, did I do something wrong? He was beginning to panic, 
but let out a small sigh of relief when she shook her head again and smiled, although tears still lingered in her eyes. I haven't changed anything. You can't change what's meant to be. She began to worry her bottom lip between her teeth. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to, Remus. I have to enjoy my life. I ended up being very lucky that you're such a big part of that life. Are you going to cry? You look like you're going to cry. I am crying. Oh my god. She looked like she was holding something back as she brushed the hair from his forehead affectionately and whispered, Please, always be a part of my life. I knew that line was going to get you. I knew it. That's why I kept going. You okay? <laughs> oh, cat. I love you. breaths. This next part's probably going to kick you in the teeth, but just breathe through it. <sighs> Breaking up with me already, he joked, but a part of him was terrified. Am I that bad of a kisser? Maya threw back her head and laughed. Remus, you are such a good kisser that I could probably snog you for the next 30 years, but it would eventually get awkward. Awkward. I'm just saying, we never know what the future has in store, and I want to make sure that, no matter what, you'll always be in my life. My best friend. I love you. So, you're not breaking up with me, he asked, seriously this time. No, you prat! I just want you to know what I feel for you, that I love you, and it goes beyond this relationship. You are a part of me, and that started long ago, long before I ever met you on this train, she admitted, leaning down to feather her lips lightly against his own. I promise, always in your life. She let out a long sigh of relief. Now that we're not breaking up, Remus remarked with a chuckle, I need to lie down. She raised an amused brow. My lips too much for you? Your lips are a great many things, and I look forward to discovering them all. Unfortunately, the full moon was last night, he reminded her, shifting her from his lap and then tipping backwards to lie down on the bench. I'm needing at least another six hours of sleep. I meant to ask about that, Maya said, curious. The potion was meant to keep you alert and in control, but you look, or at least you did until just now, like nothing happened at all. Oh, your potion did what it was supposed to, I guess, he admitted, yawning. But I needed to see you today. 
So I sneaked out of the infirmary after downing three files of invigoration draft. Three? She blinked down at him, wide-eyed, as he fell unconscious. Remus Lupin! But he only snored softly in response. She let out a frustrated sigh, making plans to escort him later for self-medicating. Just then, there was a loud bang on the door, and Maya rolled her eyes and aimed her wand at it. Finite incantatum. James was the first to burst through the door, a dangerous look in his eyes, hair standing on end more than normal as, he had rec- as though he had recently been electrocuted. Maya gaped at him as he walked into the compartment. Sirius followed close behind, grinning at Remus's supine form. Wore him out already, did you, kitten? James punched him and then turned his gaze on Maya. What happened in here? What happened to your hair? Maya countered with a raised brow. Sirius cleared his throat, holding back another laugh. Let's just say Evans is going to take some time to think about Prong's proposal of marriage. And scene. Jesus. You okay? Oh my god, that, that, oh my Jesus. I did not even think how close that would hit to home for you until I was reading it, and I was like, oh shit. Oh Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, you know, Shia stays youthful by drinking the tears of her readers, so you're just contributing to her, uh, you know, facial regimen. It's fine. Yes, I know, but she's just... Right. And like, that's actually very ironic because that's literally how I've been like feeling more lately. And it's just, Jesus. Okay. Ugh. Hormones are fun. You're fine. You are fine. Oh, man. Okay, I'm good. You ready? Yeah. Ready for us to thank our patrons? Yes. All right. Well, since recording yesterday, we do have one new fox. Her name is Becky Key. So thank you so much, Becky, for joining our ranks. And our current list of foxes who have been charged up through this point are Laura, Jackie, Rachel, Aidy. God, I am going to flip. Oh, it's Aguila. That's what it is. That's what it's throwing me off. Aha! Going to start over. Laura, Jackie, Rachel, Aguila, uh, Rebecca, Carissa, Sandra, Chelsea, Ryland, Ryder, Ashley, Olivia, Ashley, Claire, Jillian, Ashley, Hannah, Roshan, Claire, Shannon, Elise, Patty, Paige, Martina, Amanda, Therese, Sarah, Miranda, Samantha, Caitlin, Miriam, Rin, and Danielle. Thank you so, 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 so much to everybody who is donating to us currently. We've got people all over the United States. We have people as far away as Israel, Norway. We have Ireland, Australia, Sweden. You know what I realized that means? What? The sun never sets on our followers. Okay, Elton John. No, it's actually a Disney thing. I've been watching Imagineers, and when they opened the park in, I think, Japan, between California, Florida, Paris, and Japan, they were like, the sun never sets on a Disney park. Huh. But, 
y'all haven't watched Imagineering, highly recommend. I've cried a couple of times, but it's fine. Um, good tears, good tears. But hope you all are staying safe during the continuing quarantine that has now gone on significantly longer than I think anybody expected it to, because remember when we were all like, quarantine for two weeks, this will be fun. Yeah. months later. (laughs) Yeah, I'm already looking into Halloween masks, like... Alright, play some bets. You think it'll be clear by Thanksgiving? I hope so, but I don't have high hopes. I see a third wave over the holidays. Yeah. And then maybe maybe calming down around springtime of next year. Yeah, because what's his face? The doctor who has that weird name said that it would come back in the fall, so. I'm just mad. I've been wanting to do a dirty 30 party. I've been saving up. I was planning on gonna, I was literally gonna have like two grand saved for a like bomb ass vacation for dirty 30. I kind of wanted to go back to Las Vegas and I don't think that's gonna happen. Well, I want to go camping and do camp me, but, like... Hashtag first world problems. Like, literally, if not being able to celebrate our birthdays the way we wanted to is our biggest issue, like, that's not a huge deal. But also, if the gods smile kindly on me, I'd be, like, super fucking pregnant by then anyway, so... Actually, we have 500 listeners. I know we've been trying to keep it a little less personal on this show... I really want to get pregnant, guys. So all of you who are, like, super fertile and all of you who don't want babies, send all of your fertile and happy energy towards me and I will absorb it all. So those of you who don't want babies, send me all that positive energy so that you don't get pregnant and I get pregnant instead. Those of you who are hyper-fertile, share some, please. Thank you. Please. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now, I have a good feeling about July. I do. It's going to happen. I feel it. Okay. Jesus is just going to look down and go like, BAM! Pregnant. <laughs> okay. Not even going to have to do anything. Immaculate and then conception. two of us are going to be crying. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But, anyhow. Go team. Okay. I did not expect that episode to hit that hard. You okay now? Yes, I am fine. Like, it, it, it's fine. Like, oh my god. Ugh. Just imagine how much worse it would have been if I was still in my mood. It would have been even worse. That did occur to me. Yeah. So, I'm glad life is going your way. Yes. But. Okay, well, well, we see you people's next Fire Whiskey Friday and stay magical. Whoop whoop. And don't forget to send us stuff for Muggle Please Mondays. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, fwhpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.